Hi, everybody. This is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. I know a man from Tanzania named Beston. He came here to the United States when he was very young. He's done very well, and he has a great future here. But he doesn't have much of a past. The village that he grew up in in Tanzania is a ghost town. Of the 54 kids that Beston went to school with, 51 of them are dead of AIDS. And so are two of his sisters and a brother, leaving 11 nieces and nephews that he sends money to. Now, for years, Beston has been looking for a way to do more than that. He wants to offer something like a future to all of the kids there. But how? Well, that's when he found the man that he calls his Moses, Mark Rashow. You may remember Mark and his wife, Sherry, about three years ago, they started a program of sending school kids in Zimbabwe shipping containers that were full of tens of thousands of unused or discarded books and school supplies from New York City high schools. When Beston contacted us, he had been searching for about five or six years to get help to some of the villages around where he grew up. We basically sat down with him at our kitchen table and said, mm-hmm. look, it's kind of a simple concept. If we can find 15 schools uh, in the New York City area that will all contribute $400 towards the container, and they're willing to give their textbooks, we're in business. And as of today, we have 20 schools that have signed up, and we've already started filling his container. When this container arrives in Tanzania, it'll change thousands of lives. Mark and Sherry sent their first shipment of supplies to Zimbabwe a little bit more than three years ago. And when I spoke to them recently, they had just landed shipment number six, packed with all sorts of things that we take for granted, but that fall on the ground of the poverty there in rural Zimbabwe like magic seeds. I asked them how shipment number six is different from shipment number one. It's night and day. First of all, the container arrives by rail. Oh, God, it was terrible. We stood at the edge of the road waiting for days and days and days for it to come. <laughs> it was, uh, we were coming in a truck, and by the time we got there, the workmen had started to unload it, but instead of breaking it down by school, uh, we're just piling it up in the middle of the room. I saw what was happening and leaped out of the car yelling, stop, 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 stop. And I was kind of a little bit out of control. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying to not make everybody so crazy. Now the program is theirs. They know how to do it. How important is a sense of humor in doing the kind of work that you're doing? Oh, crucial. The currency has really completely collapsed. Our bill this time was 18 billion dollars. Zimbabwe dollars, every two weeks, everything doubled in price. A pair of shorts cost 163 million Zimbabwe dollars. You don't want to be able to somehow, uh, you know, keep your spirits up. I don't think you can survive day to day. You're talking about rural areas where there's no postal delivery. Some of them, it's a long, long distance from any kind of bus service, if people can afford the buses. Uh, in some schools, half the staff have left to South Africa or the Botswana where they can make 10 times the amount. But in our schools where they have books and they have supplies and they have sports equipment, uh, very few of the staff have left. At least the teachers feel that they can teach. You did come to the attention of Bill Clinton, who was writing this book about giving and who decided to use you guys as proof that individuals can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. What kind of difference did his noticing you make on you guys? Suddenly a box would arrive full of pencils. 
from South Dakota, one of those imprinting companies, and they had put the wrong telephone number on a thousand pens. Uh, would we like it? One of the best things I've gotten in the in the last go around was a huge box, at least sixty barrels of Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Of- of different colors, so like five Play-Dohs in a set, and there's like 50 sets of that. I can't wait till that gets to a school in Zimbabwe. Oh. Kids who have never colored in their life, they've never had clay in their life. So all of a sudden to have all this stuff they can make shapes and animals, and that's going to be fabulous. One of the big things that we had no appreciation for was toys. A kindergarten, you know, 15 students, we bought them dolls and trucks, Legos and puzzles. They had no toys in that class at all. We came back six months later, same class. It went from 15 kids to 80 kids. Every kid in the village wanted to come and play with those toys. A good lesson on how important toys are to draw kids into school. This project opens up tons of doors. But, I mean, if whether you're walking around a school and you see a young girl sitting under the tree, she's fallen in love with a series that arrived called The Babysitter's Club. Mm-hmm. And she tells you that not only is this her favorite book in the world, there's still another one left in the series. Oh, wow. Anticipating the next book. Yeah. A feeling that I'm sure she never had before in her life. Yeah, I, I think we have... No real conception of what the ripple effect is of what we're doing. We get a taste of it, and occasionally a story will come back to us. But I think in some ways it's a hundredfold of of what we know and what we understand. The final payoff may not come for centuries, you know, where you'll suddenly discover that because you got a particular book or a writer read in a part of the world that never would have heard about that author. Exactly. That... You will be spreading ideas as well. We certainly like a good surprise. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Our life is exploding. Uh, <laughs> Where do you begin, Mark? I mean, I uh, I thought we were retiring. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I went up to, uptown to meet a guy who was trying to set up a program in uh, South Africa. Uh, we have someone coming to the house on Thursday who wants to set up a program in Burundi. We have a container that's going to go to Tanzania for the first time. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. Kiss what's left of my retirement <laughs> goodbye. It's exhausting. It takes over almost too much of your life. Mm-hmm. I also have other interests that I've been saving for this period in my life. My grandchildren, my quilting. So you have to remember not to let go of that. I guess Sherry and I are both risk takers, you know, seeing a need and then trying to do something about it. I appreciate that she puts up with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, sometimes, you know, I kind of lose myself. Sometimes my clothes are still laying around where they shouldn't be. And... I appreciate that we no longer use the living room as a storage facility, <laughs> that you really try to get the boxes out of our house as quickly as they go. Um, I appreciate that. Once you say, I'm going to give it a try and take the risk of going out there and doing it, think big. Mm. You can accomplish much more. You can't send a box to a school in Kenya, but you certainly can send a container. I would just like to add that my wife has a cell phone, and she has yet to tell me the phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's sort of, yes. (laughs) I'll work with him any time, but I have to tell you, there has to be some limits to communication. I think you've got a really good marriage going. (laughs) (laughs) We've been working at it. A long time. <laughs> Bye, we'll Tony. Talk to you Bye-bye. soon. Bye-bye. That was Mark Grashow and his wife, Sherry Salzberg, with today's morning story. 
shipment number six, or should I say shipment number seven, which is on its way. I'm here in the studio with Gary Mott. How are you doing, Gary? I always thought that when I retired, that would sort of end my opportunity to change the world. Hmm. But clearly, Mark and Sherry are just getting started. If there's a law of the universe, the more important the work, the less it's going to earn you. <laughs> in dollars and cents, anyway, especially Zimbabwe dollars and cents. I, I was talking to my eldest daughter, Olivia, the other night. She reads The Babysitter's Club. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, I just wonder what it's like to not be able to read. Loves reading. Mark was telling me that there are a lot of kids now who who go to the schools where they've been able to send books and who've been able to qualify to go on to college from some of these schools. And for the first time, kids are seeing some of their classmates or their upperclassmen go to college. And Mm. now they're beginning to realize, maybe going to college is something I can do. And they may never have opened a book yet. But that's another one of these knock-on effects. I hope that we'll be around to tell some of these stories because they'll be wonderful. They'll They'll be totally surprising. I think it's also appropriate that we're telling uh, this story about the difference that one person can make because, as many of our listeners know, Morning Stories is also very much in need of help. We mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that uh, at the end of the fiscal year here, WGBH on August 31st, we will no longer have any funding to continue with Morning Stories. And a lot of you have been writing back saying, is there anything we can do to help? Please don't go away, which is very nice to hear. We agree with you completely. We'd like not to. What can we do? How much do you need to to keep Morning Stories alive? In dollars and cents, producing Morning Stories here at WGBH costs about $240,000 a year. Now, if you want to break that down, that's about $20,000 for a month, $20,000 or its equivalent. We've had to cut back to halftime here recently, so I figure we have about six podcasts left that we can still bring you till the end of August. I wish it were more, but during those six podcasts, please know that the door is wide open. Money in any amount would be extremely welcome, but ideas too, especially ideas, bright ideas from you. Pull up a chair, help us figure out how we can keep morning stories coming to you. As Sherry has said, think big, think freely, anything is possible. The conversation starts now. If you'd like to get in touch with us with your suggestions, with your contributions, with something that can help us put together a plan that works for you, that can even give public broadcasting a notion about how we can continue to grow, then get in touch with us. And in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us about anything else, our email address, morningstories at wgbh.org, and our website, wgbh.org slash morningstories. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Once you say, I'm going to give it a try and take the risk of going out there and doing it, think big.